In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. You know, if we took money off the table, I wonder what your answer would be. And I'm excited for today's guest. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to be hearing from the guy who produces the show, who helps make the magic of the Be Fulfilled show. I've been asking for a while, can I find some time and sit down with you? Can I find some time and sit down with you? We're going to get into that and so much more today with our guest, Carrie Green. My name is Tony Grubmeyer, and this is episode number 36 from Buena Vista, Colorado. Please welcome to the show, my dear friend, Carrie Green. Hey, Tony. How are you today? I am fantastic, right? The man, the myth, the guy who makes the magic happen, right? All I do is open the mic, interview cool people, and then behind the scenes, you take all my ums, my ahs, and everything else out, and you make me sound like I actually know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm excited to be here today because the journey for you. And I think the journey for me has been fun. It's been kind of getting to know each other. And that's the magic of what podcasting is all about is going on a journey. And what I'd love to do before we jump into too much is ask the same question. What is your definition of success? Yeah, my definition of success is living a life that serves other people. I've had a mantra in my family for a long time that people are more important than things. And I try to hammer that into my kids, but I'm also hammering it into my own heart at the same time. So I'm I'm just looking for ways to serve. I'm looking for ways to help people move up a level or two from where they are. And right now, obviously, we're doing that through a podcast business, but I try to do that in every interaction and in every every relationship that I have. And it's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. It also shows up in our interactions, right? And so we're going to talk a lot about your company today, Podcast Fast Track. And we'll probably go on a journey about people, how they can podcast, if they've been thinking about it and all that other fun stuff. But I appreciate you kind of answering that question, right? And like that service piece is such an important component, right? When did that become something of a focus in your life? Well, it probably was right around the age of 20, 21. I was in college for a business slash music degree and just felt this nudge in a different direction, just in my own heart and moved into Christian ministry. So I was a full-time minister for 20 some years and you know, ministry is just all about serving people. Contrary to what you see on TV sometimes, it's not about you know trying to get a big church and big jets and all that. It's about serving people and helping people walk through life. And I feel like God just really put that on my heart around that age. And I've been on a journey of my own growing and learning how to serve because I didn't grow up in an environment where that was a word that was used often. And I just had a great wife who came alongside and helped me learn as I began the journey. So you talk a little bit about your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? Well, it was a great upbringing. I was the fifth of five kids in a blue collar family. Dad worked, you know, 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. Mom stayed at home and took care of my older brother and I. There was a 10 year gap between the three older siblings and then my brother. And so, you know, it was almost like two families and I being the youngest kind of grew up with all the benefits, you know, they'd worked out a lot of the kinks by the time I came along and I had an older brother who was obstinate and strong headed and I learned from watching from him what not to do. (laughs) So it was a solid family, nice moral upbringing, just 
blue collar, hard work ethic, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I get the visual, right? Growing up and mom, dad, you know, you said your dad, blue collar worker working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, mom stayed home, took care of the family. And then I can only imagine the clothes, right? Because I know what it was like in just raising two boys fit my one kid. It's going to fit my next kid. Did you get the hand-me-downs? Absolutely. Did you experience that? Yeah, absolutely. Hand me down almost everything. And and it was fine. We didn't really care until, you know, you hit that age of teenage years and you start caring about, you know, what the other kids think about you. Sadly, you start caring about it. And, you know, we just kind of grew up all the time hearing we can't afford it. Those three words were said a lot. And I realized as I actually started this business that those words have shaped my mindset about money in ways I've had to unravel and undo quite a bit because it was limiting in a lot of ways. So I just put down, you know, during the interview process, I'm always taking notes, right? I'm always kind of saying, oh, I want to learn more about that. And you know, the cool part about getting a chance to walk through an episode with you is none of my stuff's scripted, right? I just kind of, it's a feeling, right? And so the thing that I put down for you already is lessons. And, you know, just, I think the way you were raised, the way you spoke about your upbringing, very positive, powerful stuff. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the 21, 22 kind of have a calling, you go into ministry, you serve, you get that opportunity. But it sounds like along with the hand-me-downs that there was so many good, really, really strong lessons that were given to you. Can you share a few of those lessons? We're climbing up Success Mountain. So I'm painting the picture for anybody listening today that no matter where you come from, no matter what you have gone through, you can always change if your desire is great enough. And I truly believe it was no chance accident that you and I got a chance to work up and spend time together. And you know, anybody listening to this, I've never met Carrie face to face, but I think of him like a brother and I'm running an event and he's getting to come and attend that event. And I couldn't be more honored to actually wrap my arms around you and just give you a big bear hug. Life lessons, share some that you learned and kind of got a chance to chew on early as a kid that have really helped you. Sure. Well, I noticed in my dad being the blue collar worker that he was that you can figure out anything if you really put your mind to it. There were all kinds of things. My dad was working with his hands all the time. So there were all kinds of things in the garage. I would see him not have the right tool or not have the right parts, but he would figure it out. He would figure out a way to make the adjustment or the fix that he needed. I saw him all the time just persevering through long work weeks and times when the money was tight and just pushing forward regardless. And that's a tremendous benefit in any kind of endeavor that you undertake. But I think I learned also in all of that, that I can be my own worst enemy in the sense that I don't know when to quit. Sometimes there are times where the door is shut, the path is over, and I'm still banging my head against the door trying to go. So that's been a lesson I've had to learn as well. Yeah. You talked also about unraveling, right? Some of the mindset and some of the belief systems and some of the things that maybe you kind of mentioned a little bit of like the TV version of church, right? In a lot of yeah. ways, we see something one way. And then we also, you know, we want to make sure that we're serving and honoring God in such a unique way that's really putting him first. And a lot of times what we see is, look at me, the lifestyle, all the other things. And we almost have idols in that way instead of really remembering and humbling ourselves. So kind of tell me a little bit about you unpacking some of the life lessons you learned so that, you know, you did start a new business. We'll be talking about that today, but how some of these things have really showed up for you, where you can go and take a vacation today more so. I, I know working with you for the past three years, I've seen you enjoy a lot of vacations and I don't think that necessarily was something you were always able to do before. 
No, not as an adult, for sure. I have five kids myself, so we grew up kind of hand to mouth with my kids as well in the early years, because when I moved into ministry, you know, ministry is not known for being paid real well when you're at small churches, which I was. And so we did what we had to do and didn't get a lot of vacations. In fact, our first family vacation was probably about six years ago was the first one. And, you know, we would take weekends. I would take days off here and there because the family always came first for me. But you learn to get by with what you have. And one of the lessons I've learned since moving out of ministry is that even then, I probably could have expanded my mindset to be working some side hustles, to be creating something of my own online, perhaps, even though the online stuff came along later during my ministry career. But you know, you learn over time, there's more possibilities than you think there are, no matter where you are in life, even being ultra successful. I think there's still more possibilities than we know there are. Yeah. I think that's a great point too. That's a big one for me is up until six years ago, right? The emphasis and focus living kind of within your means. You know, I spent a lot of my life chunking through this mindset of there was more month than money. And I was always trying to scrape two pennies to see if I could make five cents, right? And however, yeah. I was always, you know, a dollar short for a pretty much anything that I wanted. Take me back to that vacation. What was that like for you to really just say, hey, we're going, this is what it is, this is what we're going to do. And the kind of experience, and a guest I interviewed today, we were talking about life is really about a bunch of experiences that these are the things that I want to remind myself of. And you've done a beautiful job, Carrie. I mean, five kids, you said your wife came around at the, the right time, supported you, kind of done this thing together and musician too. I heard that early on, but I'm really fascinated by the vacation because here's something that you may not get, but I'm going to ask it and then I'll come back and loop this through. What was that vacation and what was it like for you to be able to take your family on one? Yeah, it was extremely gratifying to be able to do it. But even in that vacation, it being our first one, we had to scrape things together to make it work. We borrowed a 27-foot travel trailer, pulled it behind our old beat-up Suburban from where we live in the middle of Colorado, straight north up through Yellowstone, up into Idaho, Seattle, got to officiate my brother's wedding there, and then just took it down the coast of California, all the way down, and then swung back around through the Grand Canyon, like Powell, all that, and came home. It was a two-week trip. And man, did we have fun. It just five of us in a 27 foot trailer with a dog and a cat. I mean, it was full, but it was fun. And I think all the kids still talk about that trip. We built some memories. We saw some great places. We experienced some fun on the beach. Lake Powell's amazing if you've never been there. Just a, a wonderful time. It was very gratifying to be able to provide that for the family. You know, the reason why I asked the question, here comes the answer. So when we begin to talk about our experiences and our dreams, something changes in our posture, in our voice. And you just started telling and I like, I got it. All right, here's the deal. How do we create more experiences in our lives? And how do we spend more time with our family? Because that's what kind of we started as a family and we spend so much of our time working. And one of the things that I've admired, and I said in the three years that I've been working with you is I see you spending more time with your kids, with your family, and I don't know any different. So I was fascinated by, oh, it happened, you know, Three years before that, you just started taking these vacations. And so for me, when I was listening to you, I bought fully into what you said. Like we borrowed a 27-foot trailer. We towed it behind our beat-up you know, Suburban. We went on this excursion. I got to officiate my brother's wedding. I got a chance to take my kids up and down from Seattle to California and back around. 
and they still talk about it today. Now that's an experience. Yeah, it was great. And I'm telling you, it was one of those things that I knew we would do someday, but I realized by scraping that all together, we can do this more than we have been. And we've done everything we can to do that, no matter what it takes. Have you ever seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going to ask you a leap of faith question right now. Yeah. So in the movie, Indy is needing to go find... The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail, as we like to call it. And he needs to do it fast because his dad was shot and he's laying on the ground and you can hear the, I forget the other, Steve, I forget what that, Brody is his name. Brody's like, hurry, Indy, hurry. And the whole time his dad played by uh, Sean Connery is kind of telling him kind of how to take certain steps, right? And he's saying the whole time, like, you'll get there. But I want you to take me on a leap of faith, okay? So your career segued and you decided to pivot and go in a different direction. What was that leap of faith that you took? What was that belief that you stepped into that took you from, you know, basically your career ministry to now and podcasting? What was that leap of faith like? And explain a little bit of that for me. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a leap of faith in the sense that I had no idea where I was going. I just had this sense, and my wife did too, way before I did, that the calling to be in ministry was over. And ministry is a thing that I don't believe you can serve well unless your heart's in it. And my heart was starting to depart from what I was doing. And so I just made the choice. I've got to let the people of the church know. I've got to step out, give them room to find someone who can serve well. And not that I slacked on my service. It's just, you know, when your heart's not in it, you got to move on. And so I stepped out not knowing what I was going to do. I tried mortgage loan originating for a little while. That wasn't a good fit. I tried a lot of different odd jobs. I remember selling Sunsetter awnings at Costco for a week, you know, just all kinds of things I had to do. And in the meantime, I had already started my own podcast. I was helping a friend do some editing because I became pretty proficient at that. And he said in that conversation, you should make a business out of this. And Tony, it was like the biggest light bulb I've ever experienced went on because I knew the pain of podcast editing and writing show notes and all that stuff. And at that time, there were very few businesses doing that service. And so back to my dad's lessons, I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't know any of that, neither did my dad, but his little mantra came to my mind, figure it out, figure it out, just make it happen. And so I did. I had one client, two clients, four clients within six or eight months. We had you know 10 to 12 clients. I think that's where I met you. It just snowballed from there. And, you know, some natural gifting has helped. I tend to be kind of administrative and organizational, but also just a lot of people have come alongside and helped. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I was in this transitional period myself thinking, oh, I want to launch a podcast, but I don't want to do the show notes and I could do the editing, but that's not really what I want to find myself doing. Yeah. The reason why I asked for that leap of faith moment is because you made a decision, right? And you said you tried so many different things. I tried a lot of things with my podcast too, thinking, oh, I got it all figured out. However, I have a lot of dear friends in this industry that have taught me to stick my hand out and ask for recommendations and services. Next thing I know, I was lucky enough to get connected with you, found you at the right time. It sounds like we came into each other's lives at a good time, right? You were going yeah. through like, oh, I could always use more clients. And I'm like, I don't want to do this podcasting stuff as much anymore. <laughs> And I want to talk about the birth of podcast fast track and really what it is, what do you do and how ultimately you can take the time suck away from anybody who has a desire or a dream to launch a podcast and the gaps of all the stuff that you don't have to do. So we're going to shift gears just a little bit and really kind of get into some tactics 
a lot of people say podcast for me, especially has been the new book, right? I don't, I want to go write a book. So I'm going to go launch podcasts. Now people are taking podcasts and turning them into books. So it's kind of like a twofold process. How did you come up with the name? And then what was the early days like of launching a business like for you trying to get customers and that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, I came up with the name simply because I knew enough about marketing that I wanted it to be memorable and catchy. And there was something about the rhythm and also what it communicates. You know, we can get you on a fast track to a podcast. I just liked all of that. I didn't really, I wasn't in love with it, but it was the best I could come up with. So I just ran with it because, you know, I learned some advice early on. Don't spend a lot of time on logos and business cards and all that. Start getting revenue, you know, start serving clients. And so I picked the name and just ran with it. Those early years were tough. The first eight to 10 to 12 months, I was doing every bit of the work, all the editing, all the show notes, writing everything. I remember days where I would edit and write show notes for six episodes in one day and just drove me nuts, but I had to do it. I had to build that foundation of income to enable me to then start building a team. And that's a whole new experience, you know, scaling and finding remote workers that you can trust and who do good work and who will follow your systems. And then the whole foundation underneath that of building a culture that those teammates want to be a part of and are enthusiastic about. Man, I'm not perfect at it, but it's something that matters a lot to me. I want the people who work with me and work for me to love what they do and to love that they get to do it for me. You know, I want to be that kind of a boss. And I mean, we just had a conversation over lunch with one of my team members and his wife because we had a little bit of tension between us. And I want them to be family. I want us to be able to talk like family. I want us to serve each other. And that's really what we're trying to build with the business. And so, you know, you ask, what do we offer? I mean, all of our services or anything podcast related, we can do it. We can help people launch. We can consult. We can do monthly audio production and show notes. We can provide social media elements. We can provide little video audiograms. We can provide video editing even. I mean, we're expanding into all kinds of things. But at the center of it is we want to serve our clients. We want our clients to be successful and saving them from the time suck is a big part of that. Yeah. You know, the interesting part, you've been through a couple iterations of my podcasting profession, right? Come from radio thing. Oh, cool. I'm going to launch a podcast. And so I throw out the first show. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Get a cease and desist on the name. So I I changed the name to something else. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't really want that name. Even though it's mine, I just don't want to have the, it's short. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. And so Meyer is what I picked up and using that in my name and my title. What's the process been like? you know, working with somebody like myself, who's an entrepreneur who yo-yos around from this to that. And I got to imagine a lot of your clients are like, oh, sorry, totally forgot to upload audio for the last five, six weeks. Oh, I need an episode ready for tomorrow. Like, what's that like, that pressure on you today versus how it was before? You know, before I would bend over backwards to do anything to keep a client financially speaking. I just didn't want to lose the revenue. And so I do anything. And in doing so, sometimes you train clients in bad habits that you have to break later. And we're kind of at that stage right now because we scaled our team to the point and some of our team members are busy enough with our work that, for example, our policy right now is that a client needs to have their resources to a 72 hours before their desired publication time. And if they miss that deadline, our current policy is your publication will be correspondingly late. But what that's doing is that's taking that irresponsibility on the client's part, putting it in the team member's lap on top of their already full schedule and requiring them to work ungodly hours, detract from their family life, work over weekends, which I promised them would not happen. And so we're kind of at the point size-wise and scale-wise that we're having to draw some little, a little bit harder lines with clients. And we're trying to figure out how to do that in a way that's fair to clients and to the team. And it's not easy. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking today to Carrie Green from Podcast Fast Track. We are getting into the meat and potatoes of this show. Cooked up something really special, and I hope you come back and join us as we take a quick little break. We'll be right back talking about how to pivot a little bit in your life and your career, the life lessons of growing up with a blue-collar father, mom, stayed home, raising this family of kids, now being a father and having five kids of himself, seeing the opportunity, creating an amazing platform, helping people such as myself and so many others to be able to record an episode and know that they'll take care of the rest and help me to sound even better each and every week. Sometimes I turn over an episode and I'm like, if you can do anything with it, please. And I go, wow, that sounded really good. So we're going to come back and talk more with Carrie Green from Podcast Fast Track right after these messages. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Today's special guest, Carrie Green, Podcast Fast Track. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because it's at the bottom of every one of our episodes. You know, I was in this transitional period almost three years ago. I decided to launch a podcast, didn't know anything other than a former radio career. And I wanted to mix it with my love of helping and talking to people. So I decided one day to go into GarageBand, rip four episodes. I edited them down myself, found a person overseas to give me some intros and outros. And I smashed it all together. And then I'm like, now what? I don't have show notes. I don't know how to write show notes. And the person I was paying to write show notes didn't understand or speak or even talk my language. And I had a, a just real big disconnect. However, finding Carrie and his team was one of the best days of my life because it really allowed me to take the pressure away from focusing on all the stuff I don't like to do. And I call that the drainer in life, right? And the driver in my life is just ripping an episode, throwing it in Dropbox and walking away from it. You know, box, Dropbox, whatever. Walking away from it and knowing you know, however many weeks until it comes out, it's all done, right? And so we are here today talking about kind of what we went to break with was this mindset around choices and changes and some things, the pressure that people add into our lives and how do we handle some of the pressure because we want to take good care of our customers. It's our mission statement. We have a why statement. We want to do all these things. We want to serve and honor in such a way. However, last minute things come up a lot in business. Last Mm -hmm. minute, it's like the 13th hour. Oh, like we failed. I just want to say thank you. A break I was sharing with you three years ago, I was calling you, I'm so sorry, I just uploaded my audio. And now I'm 13, 14, 15 weeks out with my episodes. And to me, the biggest shift is you said it as we were going to break. We kind of teach people how to treat us and we show people in such a unique way where by them seeing what we make acceptable at that 13th hour or on the weekends, when we really want our people and our team to be with their family. And that's how they're living a legacy and leaving a legacy for others to follow. So I just want to say thank you because you, even through your words, were always, sure, I'll take care of it. I could always read into it. I wish, Tony, you would be more open to getting your stuff done ahead of time. Like a teacher (laughs) teaching a student, right? Not at the, oh, today is the last day of the semester. You want to turn in six months worth of work and want me to grade it. Like I have a life too. So I just want to say thank you first and foremost. Yeah, well, you're welcome. How has your business changed? so that you have more life freedom today. How have you seen it change over the last couple of years? Yeah, well, the main change is for the most part, 90% of the way, I am out of the actual production pipeline. Mm. Whereas I was doing all the production now, I do very little of it. And I'm working hard right now to get the rest of that off my plate because I have two big 
pieces of the puzzle that I want to handle. That's the marketing and sales because I love reaching out to people that I've personally researched and feel like we could serve really well. And secondly, I want to be all about client retention and client nurture. I want to be able to connect with clients monthly. I want to be able to do that over the phone, over email, over video. I want to be writing cards. I just want to nurture the relationship because our new motto, it's still saving people from the podcast time suck, but our new motto is we care more. Our team is going to care more than any other podcast production company out there. And I'm committed to making that happen. And so that falls in my lap. That's something I'm going to take on personally, and I'm going to train our team how to do that in their interactions. We're just going to make this a family thing. Our clients are going to be family. Yeah, I like that. You redid your website recently, podcastfasttrack.com. If you hear me mention it a lot, I'm going to plug it because the guy produces the darn show that you're listening to. So just know that. Number two, I think it's more on point and more purposeful too. And I love the fact that there's something behind just, oh, we're going to produce some podcasts and that's going to be great. There's some missions behind what you do too. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because you know what? You're finding a time. We were talking about some seasons. We were talking about, you know, rubbing two pennies together to try to hope we make five cents today. And some days we're just like barely scraping by. And now you've kind of got this business. And it sounds like through all of this transitional stuff from, you know, your ministry work to where you're at now, you're still serving. You're still honoring, you're still committed, you're still helping, and you're leading people in such a purposeful way that you're inspiring others to take action in their own lives. And that to me is incredible. And I just want to commend you on that because I think so many times we feel like we're missing our calling. And I think like you're in your calling, you're just delivering a platform and helping people to get information in a unique way that I think is the new way of calling, which is people drive to and from and consuming information. And, you know, I've definitely worked on changing some of the content and my strategies on how I do my show because of the person, how you and your company show up in my life. And I want to not only honor my commitment with you and honor my commitment to God, I also want to make make sure that I do it in such a way that is impactful. So I just want to say like through this whole process, I'm getting what you're talking about. It's getting through to your people, right? You're like, I wish they would do this. They are doing it, right? And your business, let's talk about some of the guests that you do show notes for and you do some production. Let's go ahead and highlight some of them because I think that it's awesome. And I think you should be proud of the amazing work you and your team get to do. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yes, some of the clients we work with, and I apologize to all the ones I'm not going to mention because I don't have my website up here in front of me, but we publish The Internet of Things. It's a really hot podcast right now. Stacey Higginbotham produces the show. She used to be a tech editor for Forbes. She just does great work. She and her co-host, it's amazing. Scott Volker does a show called The Amazing Seller, and it's all about private label sales on Amazon and product sales. Another guy I think that you know, Tony, Brian Bowman, is just launching his show tomorrow. We've been working with Brian for about six months trying to get this thing off the ground. And he's had some life things he's had to deal with, which you know happens to all of us. But he's just persevered and he's committed. And man, that show's just really going to rock because Brian knows what he's doing when it comes to e-commerce. And just those kinds of people, they're the people who I see have a great message. They're very generous in the way that they give it. And they're not just about building their own reputation and their own brand. They're really about service. And that's who we want to partner with. Yeah, you mentioned service. And I mean, I know you don't have your website pulled up. So I just want to tell you like everything that you do. I mean, from the rebrand of really just putting purposeful intention on highlighting the work that you do and helping people. I mean, if I was to time suck what you've been able to get off my plate, it's at least three to five hours a week of just stuff that I don't want to do, right? Yeah. My favorite thing is to rip the mic, hit record and forget about it. 
And that's what you've really been able to do for myself and so many. Some of my friends shows that you helped to do that I'm just going to give some highlights to Dr. Jeremy Wise. You do sure. the show notes. Also, I love the name. It's just such an interesting one. James Friel and Just the Tips and Dean Holland. But I love the fact that there's a lot of good focus around e-commerce. That's what I'm big into. But I also love the fact that you got a lot of shows just talking about life and helping people to be a better version of themselves today. What I'd love to do is take you into the fulfillment round. There's no right, no wrong. Since you're not doing production, you may or may not have heard of these. There's no phone a friend. There's no time out. There's no, I need to go get my chicken dinner that's in the oven. All this really is, is a way for first myself, but hopefully somebody at your team writing show notes is going, I didn't know that about Carrie. That's very interesting. Like, where did that come from? Carrie, I've never heard you say that before. So a little bit of this is more of what I want to kind of get into right now. So you ready? Yeah. All right. Musical instrument. And when's the last time you picked it up? Two weeks ago. Bass guitar. Yeah, I play bass guitar and drums. And I've been actually leading worship at our church during a spell when we have no worship pastor. So two weeks ago, I was on and it's just a joy in my life. When you were growing up, what music were you finding yourself listening to as a kid? Oh, I was a child of the 80s, so I listened to Journey, Foreigner, ACDC, Molly Hatchet, you name it, I listened to it. You ever envision yourself getting up on stage and like, hey, I'm going to play tonight. Don't worry about it. I got this in some band. Have you ever had that vision of like, oh, I want to go play for Journey or I want to go play for ACDC? Have you ever had that idea? Yeah, absolutely. I was in a couple of bands, high school and college age, and you know, always wished at the concert the drummer was sick and I could step up on the stage and fill in. It'd be a lot uh, of fun. What was your hair like in the 80s? Ah, oh, mullet, of course, you know, got the bi-level going on, you know. What was my wife always says, that, yeah, you got a, like a party in the front or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah, the other way, business in the front, party in the back, that's it, yeah. I like that, that's Carrie for you right there. I can see you now, like you're saying in your 80s. Five kids, how old are you? I turned 50 last year, so I'll be 51 in July. What was turning 50 like for you? It was like any other birthday. Didn't make any difference to me. The only thing that made a difference was all my kids were here. They don't all live in this area anymore. So that was a big deal. And they all wrote these one page letter-ish kind of things, just telling me what they thought about me. And that was what was that? What was that like reading that for you? It was tearful. It was in some ways very fulfilling because my goal my whole life has been that if I were to die and have had incredible impact in the lives of thousands of people, you know, the person I would have in mind, someone like Billy Graham, if that were my life, but my family was in shambles, I would have been a failure. And it was wonderful to hear three adult kids and two still in the home affirming that it's been anything but a failure. And I just, I mean, I can't even describe it, Tony. I now you became a grandfather not too long ago, correct? Yeah, our oldest grandson is almost five this year, and we, he's got two little brothers as well. So amazing. It's crazy, right? 50 years yeah. old, grandkids running around. You said three out, two in. How do your kids at home, are they supporting you in the business? Are they helping you anyway? My youngest daughter is 14, and she does some administrative work, website stuff, that kind of thing, just to earn some money. But my son, who's still at home, he isn't really interested. He's talked about doing audio editing and stuff, but he's also really into coffee and he manages a coffee shop here in town and he's kind of got his own interests. So that's okay. How do you feel like for me, it sounds like a little bit growing up too, that your parents were just big supporters of you, like just big supporters of helping you, right? What do you enjoy? Like walking into the coffee shop, having a sip of coffee and just watching your kid work and do his thing is like, is that exciting for you? Yeah. I don't know if exciting is the word. It's fulfilling. I love seeing him with his work ethic and 
how friendly he is to people. He truly loves people. I love that. I have to give most of that credit to his mom, though. She's really intuitive with people and relationships and that kind of stuff. What would you say, and I'm going to make you say it, so I'm pressuring you right now. Your wife's in front of you and you get a chance to look her right in the eyes and tell her about her hand in marriage and what kind of this journey she's been on that means to you. What would you tell your wife? You know, I told her two days ago when we were on a walk as I was thinking about this coming week is her 50th birthday. Oh, wow. And we're having a big party. And so I was telling her, she has demonstrated the love of God to me. I know what God's love is like because of her. And that's the most important thing I could ever say to her. You know, we both stood there on the path next to the river, just kind of crying and holding each other after I said that, because, you know, it struck me afresh how big of an impact she's had in my life. That's awesome. And you said you guys met pretty young. How did you guys meet? It was in college. I had transferred from the business music college to Colorado Christian University in Lakewood. And she transferred that same semester from Texas A&M. And we met at a little group meeting there on campus the first week of school, spent a little bit of time together, but kind of parted ways because our circles of friends were different. And then last week of that same year, reconnected. And over the summer, just everything blew up. That's crazy. How long have you been married? Oh, let's see, 29 years. Wow, so 30s coming up soon. Yeah, we're excited. We're going to try and plan some kind of big shindig or something, go somewhere special. What's on your horizon for the rest of the year? What are some things that you're working on that you're excited about? Well, Podcast Fast Track is always fun. I'm enjoying building out the team. And right now we're really trying to tweak systems and refine things to make things smoother and better for everybody. But I'm also trying to finish up my third novel. I've written two novels and trying to finish up the third one in the series and get that all finished. That's something that's on my back burner, sadly, because the business has taken up so much time, but it'll get done this year sometime. And your books in regards to like, what's the premise of all your books? Yeah, they're kind of a Christian fantasy kind of book. They're called the Dragon Slayer Chronicles. It's not your typical fantasy where there's magic and smoke and all that stuff. It's a kid who gets abducted by a dragon, strangely enough, and loses both his parents and grows up to be this dragon slayer going out trying to save the world from these beasts. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Carrie, I just want to say you made it there. It wasn't too hard on you. I know that I have to actually be nice. Your team produces these episodes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our guest for this week's episode, Carrie Green from Podcast Fast Track. His team is excellent. Everybody behind the scenes, thank you for what you do. Thanks for creating the magic for all of us so we can get to do what we love, which is pretty much just interview amazing guests. And literally, since I began working with you, Carrie, I said, oh, can I interview? And you're like, yeah, it's not now. It's not a good time. Busy, busy. And when this chance came around, I literally was so excited to see your name show up. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's not about all the other stuff. It's really about serving. And that's why I lined up. My show even is titled Be Fulfilled. That's what I'm looking to help people do is find fulfillment in their life. And you fulfilled a big need for me today, which is to be a guest on my show. So I'm grateful for that. Looking forward to meeting you. I'm excited that your wife's got a big birthday coming up. You've got a big anniversary coming up. Sounds like you've got some amazing things with your kids and grandkids going on in your life. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing what you do, for being in that place in your life to say, hey, you know what? I want to learn. And that day your friend said something to you that you were open-minded to, yeah, maybe that could be a business. And then all this time later, here we are doing what you love, doing what I love, and we're able to connect in a unique way. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Tony. It's been an honor. And ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to learn more about Podcast Fast Track, you can head over there. They've got an amazing email series, some tips and tricks, just some things if you're thinking about podcasting, some things maybe you're doing right now in your show that you could do differently. Take a look, look under the hood and let them see kind of some of the ideas that maybe you could try on. I mean, I definitely have grown just by being around their team. 
That's it for this week's episode. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. Until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. 